Man, he is good this morning, and it is great to be together as a church family worshiping. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us uh, from home online today. It's great to have you here as well, and it is Mother's Day, as we've said multiple times, and we really do want you to know that if you are a mom here, that we are so thankful for you. You know, I, I was just thinking and reflecting and talking with some folks, especially this last year, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, I think a disproportionate amount of the stress and the weight that our world has went through has fallen on mothers this past year, and that really is true. And so we want you, especially this year, 2021, to know how appreciated you are. Uh, that's why we wanted to do uh, the partnership with Big B. And it's not just a coffee. You can get a specialty drink. You do, do whatever you want. If you don't like coffee, go get whatever you want on us because we want you to know that you are so extremely valuable. And you're not just valuable because of what you do. You do a lot. But you're not just valuable because of what you do. You're valuable because of the dignity and the beauty that God created you with. And so we are so extremely thankful for mothers today. And as we've said, you know, it, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that even though today is a day to celebrate and today is a day to be thankful, it's also a hard day for some of us. Some of us, we have mixed emotions, right? For some of us, even in the joy of celebrating Mother's Day, there can be some hard times because of experiences that we've had, because of maybe even broken relationships, or some of us have lost our mother in the past, and so we, we, we celebrate today, but we also feel that hurt or that pain, or maybe we've went through loss ourselves, miscarriages, different things that, that bring both joy and sorrow on a day like today, and so we recognize that as we're here today as well, that even as we're celebrating, there's some of us with heavy hearts, and what we just simply say is that as you're here and as we're soaking in God's word, we, we want you to just recognize that God is present, that God is here with us on a day like today no matter where you find yourself. And so as we are celebrating Mother's Day, we're also kicking off a new series here at H2O. We're going to be looking through and studying the book of Proverbs throughout this whole summer. We're calling it Proverbs, Walking in Wisdom. And I, I'm really excited for this series because it's going to take us almost all the way into August. And the book of Proverbs is such a fitting book for us to be looking at and studying and spending time in this summer. Uh, the book of Proverbs is a collection of sayings that really was intended and is intended to guide us in daily life. It's, it's a very practical book that's helped us to instruct ourselves in, in understanding how to live in a way of wisdom. And there's many different topics that are covered throughout the book of Proverbs. Uh, different topics like exploring our attitudes and our relationships and evaluating things such as wealth and poverty and power. Many of the things that are on our mind as a world right now are addressed in the book of Proverbs. So we're excited about that this summer as we go throughout this book. And, and if you're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, most of the Proverbs were written or given by a king by the name of Solomon. He was a son of David, and there's a long backstory that we won't get into this teaching, but we'll get into at some point, giving us some background on who Solomon was. But he lived about a thousand years, 950 years before the birth of Jesus. So this, this book, this pro, these proverbs, these wise sayings that we're going to spend time studying, they were written and given about 3,000 years ago. 
And yet, it's amazing how applicable they are still to this day. I mean, anytime I come to the Bible and I see something that was written 3,000 years ago that still directly applies to us, my mind is blown because it just reminds me of the reality that humanity, the way that God created us, there are so many similarities to the ancient culture and the world that we live in because God is constant over all of it. And much of the, the sayings in the book of Proverbs were written towards helping us to live a wise life and a life of character. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on this Mother's Day. In fact, here's the big idea. It's this, that the strength of our character is directly correlated to the strength of our walk with God. The strength of our character, and and I'm assuming that all of us want to be people of character, but we cannot have character unless we have a relationship with God, true character. So the strength of our character is directly correlated to the strength of our walk with God. And our world talks a lot about character. You know, I spend a lot of time in the athletic world, both with my kids and over at BGSU, and character is one of the things that, that, that coaches are constantly talking about. It's something that we talk about in our schools. Character is something that we're constantly talking about. We say things like, uh, character is who you are when nobody's watching, or your character comes out when you're under pressure or in an intense situation. So we talk a lot about character, but the book of Proverbs helps us to understand where real character comes from. And I think that this is a powerful lesson for us today. And so today, we're actually going to be looking at a very famous proverb. We're not going to start in Proverbs chapter 1. We are going to bounce around some. We're actually going to start in the very last proverb, Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31 is a pretty famous proverb. If you've been around church or in the Christian world, maybe you've heard of this proverb. In fact, we we actually have a a characterization about it because it is a, a proverb about how to be a godly woman. And yet it also applies to all of us, no matter where we find ourselves here today. In fact, we even use this phrase, uh, a Proverbs 31 woman. If you've been to church camp or youth group or in church, you might have heard that phrase before. Hey, are you a Proverbs 31 woman? Because the attributes that are laid out in this chapter really give us something to aim for and strive for. And yet it's interesting. I was telling my wife that I was going to be teaching on this chapter and this topic today. And um, she says, you're not going to mention me, are you? Because my wife likes to be around the behind the scenes I'm like no of course not well I already failed that but uh as she said you're not going to say that I'm a Proverbs 31 woman are you and and I said I don't know maybe and because she is in in a positive way but but I'm not going to say that and I said well why wouldn't you want me to say that and she said well one it's it's just kind of a little cheesy you know I'm not sure if, if it fits me but secondly the attributes that are laid out in Proverbs 31 it's like almost impossible to obtain As we read through this chapter, it's going to be like this perfect, ideal woman. And something that many of us struggle with is comparison towards one another. And so it's like, is this even possible? Is it even possible to be a Proverbs 31 woman? But I think what we're going to see throughout this passage, (coughs) excuse me, is that as we seek to live in a relationship with God, God will give us insight into how to grow in our character so that we can point people towards him and walk closer with him. So the strength of our, our character, it is directly correlated to the strength of our walk with God. So let's open up to Proverbs chapter 31. If you have a Bible, you can join me there. We're going to spend most of our time in verses 10 through the end of the chapter, but I just want to read the the very first line of Proverbs chapter 31, verse 1, because it's going to give us a picture of who is writing this proverb and what it's all about. It says this. It says, The saying of King Lemuel, 
and inspired utterance his mother taught him. Isn't that kind of fitting here on Mother's Day? That this Proverbs 31 proverb, the, the chapter that many of us know and, and have, have studied and spent time looking at, it was given to a king, King Lemuel. And we actually know very little about him. There's no other record of this king uh, in, in any of the ancient texts that we have. So uh, some people say maybe he's just an obscure king from like a neighboring uh, nation around Israel. Maybe he's somebody obscure that there wasn't much history written about. Other people say that, that this King Lemuel, maybe that is like a nickname, a pet name that, that Solomon's mother had for him. You know how we all have have nicknames for our kids at times. Well, maybe this is what she called him. And so maybe he's kind of writing it in, in third person saying, this is what my mom called me. So King Lemuel, he, he has inspired this. And these are the words that his mom gave him. How powerful is that on this Mother's Day? And I think it, as we even just think about that and reflect on that, it's important to note here today that the things that we pass on to our children truly do make a difference. You may not always feel that way as a parent. Sometimes you may not feel like the things that you're saying are getting through, but there really is something so powerful during those formative years, and we have all experienced it, right? There is something so powerful about the words that we say to our children. There's something especially powerful about the words that the mother speaks to her children that, that stay with them that truly do stay with them throughout the rest of their life. Have you ever heard somebody say the phrase, uh, I wasn't raised that way? I hear that phrase all the time. You know, hey, I wasn't raised to think that. I wasn't raised to believe that. I wasn't raised to steal. I wasn't raised to cheat. I was raised to respect everyone. We oftentimes say this phrase, I wasn't raised that way. And, and it's fitting because sometimes we say that when we're like 60, 70, 80 years old. And we're still referencing back to the way that we were raised. Isn't it powerful to note the things that we impart to our children? They really do last. They really do make a difference. So parents, both fathers and mothers, but it's Mother's Day today, know that your role is so extremely important and so extremely powerful. Now, now uh, this, this mother, she starts in the first 10 verses, which we're not going to dive into. I'm just going to give you an overview of. She gives some advice to her son, her son who's a king. And she says, hey, I want you to look out for a couple different things. I want you to first look out for deceitful women. She says deceitful women can lead you astray and keep you from being the person that God wants you to be. And secondly, she says, I want you to look out for alcohol and alcoholism. And she says, when you mix those two things together, you can get in major trouble. Words spoken 3,000 years ago that still directly apply to us, right? I would say that's pretty good advice for all of us to think about, for all of us to, to reckon with, and, and yet she gives these wise words that the, the partner that we choose, again, it applies to both men and women, but the partner that we choose in life, there are very few more important decisions than that. And so if you're young here and you're unmarried, take note of the words of this mother to this king to say, listen, the person that you choose to spend your life with makes such a difference in the type of person that you're going to become. And if you're here and you're, you're married and you're in a situation where, where you already chose this spot, that, that person that you're with, that is the person that God chose for you. 
All right, You didn't get married by mistake. Even if the plan didn't go perfectly, God has you in that relationship for a reason. So cultivate it, foster it, encourage one another, build into one another because that relationship, other than your relationship with God, will affect your life more than any other relationship. So if you're single, and, and many of us here are, pay attention to that. And if you're married, build into the person that God has brought into your life. That is the advice from this mom. And then she goes on, as we jump down to verse 10, she goes on to kind of describe this ideal wife. Now again, Proverbs 31 is written about a woman, but it's written to a man, so it applies to all of us to pay attention to. And something interesting as I was studying this passage this week is that the, the way that this, this proverb is written is actually poetic, and it's actually written as an acrostic poem. Okay, now I actually, it's very fitting um, because my son, my third grader, is learning about poetry this very week. And, uh, and he, was, he was doing a lot of this. And actually, it is Teachers Appreciation you know, Week and Nurses Appreciation Week. I think there's a lot of appreciation going on in this month. But we, we are so thankful for you. And it's been cool to see my son, like, he, my third grader, he's like, love poetry. He's gotten really excited about it as he's been studying it at school. So we were talking about this, and he actually wrote his mom a little poem poem um, for, for Mother's Day. You can see it right there. Isn't that kind of cute, you know? But, but here's what an acrostic is. It, it starts each letter, and it drives home a different point that it's talking about. So Proverbs 31, the different letters of the Hebrew alphabet, it's going through A, B, C, D. I don't know Hebrew. I'm not going to pretend that I do. Um, but that's what this, this proverb is written as. It's written as a poem so that people could memorize it, and it signifies the importance of it. So let's jump in. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. It says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I want to stop right there. There's four different times I want to stop throughout the rest of this passage. And the first thing that we can learn from this is this, that character outlasts all other attributes in our life. Character outlasts all other attributes in our life. You know, there is just something powerful about being the people that we say that we are, about having our, our private life match up with our public life. That's what character is really all about. And as we, we read this, this proverb, she says this phrase, or Solomon repeats this phrase, a person or a woman of noble character, who can find them? And it's like a rhetorical question, right? It doesn't mean that they're not out there. It doesn't mean that they're impossible to find. It means that if you find somebody that has character, that has a walk with God that overflows into the way that they live, then you should make sure that you draw close to them because they are the type of people that are going to bless your life. And specifically, as we're looking for spouses, or if we're already married, as we see our spouses, let's build up that character in one another so that we can bring people both good throughout the, the days of our lives. And, and this, this poem here, it's kind of comparing and contrasting in the earlier verses all the different things that a, a woman that is not following God looks like. And now the, the poem, Proverbs 31, is starting to tell us what a godly woman looks like. She says, says, first and foremost, she is a woman of character. 
I, I've shared this before. I have kind of this um, guilty pleasure of, of watching Judge Judy. And uh, Judge Judy has a phrase that, you know, some of the things you learn from watching her is very interesting. She has this phrase. She says, beauty fades, but dumb is forever. Okay? Maybe she learned this from Proverbs 31. Beauty fades, but dumb is forever. And, and the, the, I don't know if that's even actually true or not, but It's interesting that it lines up with what is said here in Proverbs 31, that listen, there's nothing wrong with outward beauty, right? There's nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves and caring about the way that we look like. Look, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But those things won't last. What truly lasts is our character. What lasts is the type of person that we are. And there's something powerful when we're people of character. It's powerful in our relationships, our most intimate relationships, our marriages, and it's powerful in the relationships with the people around us, the people that we work with, our neighbors, people that we do business, when we treat people right, when we honor our word, when we love the people that God has brought into our life. It stands out, and it brings good, not harm, to the people around us. And so character, it outlasts all other attributes in our lives. Let's jump back in. 31 verse 13. It says, she selects wool and flax and she works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and she buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. And in her hands, she holds off the distaff and grasps the spindles of her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. I get tired just listening to that list, right? I mean, she's doing all these different things. She's providing for her family. She's buying and selling fields. She's caring for people. She's making clothes for people. She's looking out for the poor. It leads us to our second point is this, that faithfulness is a mark of maturity. Faithfulness is a mark of maturity. Listen, as we're going to be reading throughout the book of Proverbs this whole summer, we're going to find this out over and over again. Proverbs has nothing good to say about idleness and laziness. There's nothing good written about idleness and laziness throughout the book of Proverbs. Whether it's a man or a woman, we're told that being faithful that there's nothing wrong with working hard. There's actually something very good about the idea of working hard. And I think about this on Mother's Day, you know, the fact that we're celebrating mothers here. And, and I think about this Proverbs 31 woman. And oftentimes people think that, that the Christian worldview has a very narrow place for women in our world. But as we look at the pages of Scripture... There's not a one-size-fits-all. This is exactly how every woman should be. This is exactly what it looks like to be a Christian woman. In fact, we see this Proverbs 31 woman as very ambitious. We see her as a businesswoman. She's like a realtor. She's buying and selling fields, right? She's working hard. And and what we, we see is God has gifted and given each one of us, men and women, he's given each one of us different abilities, different talents, Different things that he has blessed us with. 
And so as God has given you those abilities, for some of us, he's given us the ability and the desire to be industrious and to be entrepreneurs and to go out and to work in the world and to to make a living and to provide for our family. And for others of us, he's encouraged us to, to be more focused on staying at home and caring and working hard and being faithful on the home front. No matter where God has called us to, the key question that we have to ask is, am I being faithful in that situation? Am I being faithful to what God has called me to do? And this woman in Proverbs 31, God has called her to be somebody who is working in the marketplace and and doing amazing things for her family. And so there's not a one-size-fits-all prescription prescribed by the Bible as to what it looks like to be a a Proverbs 31 woman or, or a godly woman. The question is, are you faithful at where God has put you? Are you faithful with the tasks that God has put before you? Let's jump back in. Proverbs 31, verse 21 says, And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her bed. She is clothed with fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Third is this. Wisdom comes from knowing God not knowing facts. Wisdom comes from knowing God, not just knowing facts. Again, wisdom is a key attribute that we're going to learn about and hear as we study the book of Proverbs. And here we see that this woman, she is a wise woman. She's not just smart, She doesn't just know a bunch of things. She's actually wise. And throughout the book of Proverbs, there's a distinction between people who have knowledge and people who have wisdom. Right? Knowledge is knowing facts. Wisdom is actually applying those things in a way that honors God and builds up the people around you. And we've seen it in our world, and we've seen the distinction between those things. You see it in the church oftentimes. Just because you can you know, win a Bible trivia contest doesn't mean that you're actually walking closely with God. And it's great to win Bible trivia contests. It honestly is. It's great to have the information and the facts. But the, the, the bigger question is, are you applying that information and those facts to the way Way that you're walking with God and to the way that you're loving the people all around you. I love this line in Proverbs chapter 31. Uh, I love how it says that, that she laughs at the future. She, she laughs at the days to come. I think about this and I think about someone who, who is grounded in the sovereignty and has trust in the Lord that the future, which can be a scary thing at times, but the future is in the hands of God, not in our own hands. And I wonder how many of us could, could say that, like this woman in Proverbs 31 can say, that she, she kind of laughs at the future. She's not afraid. She's not petrified. But she has a confidence that God is in control and that he's going to bring her good, not harm, and that God is working together all things for the good of those who love him. And so as she looks at the future, as she looks at the future, she says, I, I, I'm just going to laugh because I know that God has me. I know that God is working. I think about that and I think, wow, what confidence and trust in God. What unwavering faith this woman has in the providence 
in the sovereignty of God. I wonder if that's an encouragement for many of us. When you think about the future, and I I know from talking with many of us, we say, I don't know where our world's gone. I don't know what's going to happen. And I get that. But I, I wonder if God is calling us to be drawn to him and say, listen, he is in control. Nothing's going to happen that surprises God. He knows the future. He's in control. So as we look at the future, maybe we can take a little pressure off of ourselves and we can say, listen, I'm going to trust in the Lord in spite of what our world looks like. You know, wisdom comes not just from knowing facts about God, but wisdom comes from knowing God. We say this oftentimes here at H2O, but following God isn't about information, but it's about transformation. It's about actually seeing our hearts transformed so that we can be the type of people that God wants us to be. And and, and even as I teach on this Proverbs 31, I do just think of my wife. You know, I think of uh, of her and how amazing of a blessing she's been to this church and she's been to me. You know, I'm the one who stands up here and talks oftentimes, and I'm the one who stands up here and, and people see. But behind the scenes, for years and years and years, we've never made a decision, both in our personal family or within our church, where she hasn't spoken into and given wisdom to. She's been my number one counselor for wisdom in life. And, and, and it's been amazing, and there's so many times where I may have no clue what to do, and I go and talk to her, and because she is connected with the Lord and following the Lord, doesn't just know facts about him, but knows him, she's been able to direct and guide me and help direct and guide this church. I've been thinking about all the different teachings that I give, and there's been nobody, not my co-pastors, not the people uh, on our staff team, although they oftentimes help and give input, but nobody's given more input and wisdom and insight into the messages that that I've shared than my wife. And it's something that people won't ever see, but there's wisdom there that continues to pour out, and I'm so thankful for that. And I, I wonder, as you think about your life, as you think about your walk with God, are you applying the knowledge that you have to be a man or a woman of wisdom? As we walk with God, God gives us insight into not just knowing things about him, but living an abundant life for him. Let's close with these last few verses. Verse 27 says this. It says, she watches over the affairs of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise, and they call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her work bring her praise at the city gates. Fourth and finally is this. The fear of God lives to a fulfilling life. The fear of God lives to a fulfilling life. It's one of the key concepts that we're going to come back to throughout the book of Proverbs. That's why we started with the last Proverbs, because there are so many things that are hit on throughout the pages of this book. And as we say the fear of the Lord, some of us, when we hear that word fear, we think of like trembling and like, I can't approach God because I'm afraid of him. That's not what this word fear here means. What the word fear means here is like a a reverence, an awe, a respect, an honoring posture of our heart towards God. A woman, a person who fears the Lord, who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
And as we think about what God calls us to be in this world and in this life, the foundation of who we are as followers of Jesus is found in this question. Do we fear God or not? Do we love God or not? Do we honor God or not? We can't be a person of biblical character unless we start with this honor, love, reverence, fear, so to speak, of the Lord. But as we fall more and more in love with him, as we submit our plans to him and say, God, it's it's not about my plans, but it's about you and what you've done for me, we start to recognize the abundant life that comes from walking in Christ. And so a question that you can ask yourself to try to help answer the question, do you fear the Lord? Do you honor the Lord? Do you respect the Lord? Is do you follow what he says? Do you follow his plan, not your own? That's the key question that all of us have to ask. You say, well, I'm not really sure if I'm walking with God or not. I'm not sure. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. When you look at the pages of Scripture, are you willing to do what God says, even if you don't like it at times, even if it's hard at times, are you willing to honor Him, fear Him, trust Him above even your own plans? And as you say yes to that more and more, and you start to walk in the freedom that comes from honoring God in everyday decisions, in everyday life, and saying yes to him in the big things and the small things, we start to experience the abundant life that comes from knowing and walking with Christ. It's a beautiful thing. At first, it may seem hard and it may seem restrictive, but as you do it longer and longer, you start to realize that as we fear God, as we love him, as we honor him, it really truly does lead to joy, to peace, to contentment, to a life that honors him. And it doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. It doesn't mean that our kids will always listen to us. It doesn't mean that every situation will work out exactly the way that we want it to, but it means that at the end of the day, we can trust in the truth of the gospel, that Jesus loves us, that all of us have been broken, fallen short, that none of us will ever live up to being a Proverbs 31 woman or a Proverbs 31 man. There's no way that we could possibly live up to this. But because of the power of the gospel, because Jesus came, lived a perfect life, He was the perfect Proverbs 31 person. He did live out every single one of these attributes on this earth. As he walked and lived a perfect life, he was crucified and killed for our disobedience, for the fact that we don't always fear God. When he went to the cross and was buried, he rose from the grave, defeating death, inviting each and every one of us into that perfect life that he lived. And so now we can say yes to him, that we can honor him and walk with him for the rest of our lives. Have you done that here today? Have you turned your life over to him and said, God, I want to follow you? all the days of my life. It's a powerful thing to walk with God and to know that your sins are forgiven and to know that while we'll never be perfect, we serve a perfect God who invites us into the perfection of Christ. Our prayer for each and every one of us is that we experience him today, that we experience the abundant life and the character that overflows in our life from knowing and walking with Jesus. So I invite you to pray, and we're going to spend some time worshiping God as we close up here today. God, we thank you for the power of this proverb. We thank you for the example that this mother gave to her son. And Lord, as we think about the beauty of knowing you, Lord, we're thankful that you invite us into 
a walk with you that is, that is real, that is abundant, that is rich. How would you help us to be a church full of people that fear you? Lord, we thank you for each and every person here, and specifically on this day, Lord, we do thank you for all the mothers that are represented here, for all the mothers that have walked alongside us in life. God, would you help us to honor them? God, would you help them to know your deep, deep love for them? And Lord, would you help each and every one of us to turn our lives over to you, to say, yes, God, I want to follow and trust in you. I want to fear you above all others. God, we thank you and we praise you for your word. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.